Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is a show where we talk about anything mountain biking from trail guides, equipment, clothes, anything to do with mountain biking. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, and hopefully get it all over to you so that you can make your way through the mountain biking world, get out there on the bike as much as possible. I'm Colin Gray, as always, and I'm joined by Tom Bell. Hey Tom. Hi Colin, how's things with you? Very well, thanks. Very well. You've been out on the bike recently? Yeah, I was out this morning actually, just a nice easy spin. Um, had a bit of a hard day yesterday training wise. Really? Uh, yeah, with uh, two bit of a split day, so uh, one in the morning, one in the evening. So we're uh, just taking some time to uh, work on the mountain bike skills, but not kind of you know push it, get the getting the heart rate up. So just keeping it nice and uh, nice and easy today. Okay, why? So why did you do a split day rather than a normal day? What's the difference? Well, it's really, um, I mean, some of my, I kind of split my training into out and out training days and then recovery days, just so I'm very clear on uh, what the kind of goal is for the day. And um, sometimes that that training ride will be an endurance ride. So that'll typically be a longer ride, but that would be just one ride that day. So sometimes when I'm doing uh, really intense stuff, I'll try that. Obviously those, those rides want to be a little on the shorter side, but I still kind of want that, that volume there. So uh, I'll do a maybe a two hour ride with some intervals in the morning and okay. then um, uh, either a two hour or slightly shorter ride in the afternoon, uh, maybe on the mountain bike, just to get that, you know, four hour plus volume in, but yeah. it's not all in one kind of block is the thinking. Okay. So you, you do different types of stuff in each one though. So it's kind of to get a bit, yeah, variable training, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, the morning one, uh, one ride will typically be on the road bike um, just because it's a bit more consistent on the road when you kind of look it up power and that kind of thing and then uh, the second one will be to usually on a different kind of bike doing something a little bit different so yeah mountain bikes stuff like that yeah yeah some of the bike skills itself exactly cool have you got any i can't remember what you said last time i talked to you now what any races coming up soon yeah i've got um i've just uh i'm just putting the final sort of uh, logistical plans together for the world for the last world cup in andorra ah, okay so that should be uh that should be pretty cool yeah. it looks like a really nice it's at uh, val nord bike park which is obviously a ski center in the winter and then a really um cross-country and downhill kind of orientated uh, bike park right right in the middle of andorra so yeah. that would be pretty nice and then uh more recently than that or or sooner than that i've got the marathon uh, national championships oh yeah yeah to uh, to contest so. and, and your last marathon one didn't go too well did it so i uh, hoping this one will go a bit better that's it exactly that was <laughs> that was the world championships as well which yeah. is a bit of a bummer but yeah. um hopefully i uh, can make up for it a bit with the with the national championships a bit closer to home yeah perfect good stuff yeah. well all i'm all i'm training for just now is the uh the relentless 24 which is our 24 hour race up in um uh, up in Fort William, which oh, yeah, is in yeah. October, so it's a wee bit away yet. But uh, my my brother's got it in his head that he actually wants to do very well this year. <laughs> so uh, taking it quite seriously. Yeah, he's uh, he's a much uh, a much more prolific competitor than I do. He does like proper Ironman races. Okay, and, uh, he's a big triathlete, uh, so he doesn't do a whole lot of mountain biking, but he's. Uh, hell of a fit so <laughs> got that endurance yeah, there by the sound of exactly it. yeah so he he wanted to do something which wasn't quite uh 24 hours that was a bit outside his his training plan but yeah. he wanted to do like um 18 or so hours in a day uh something pretty high endurance so yeah. the agreement is that i'm going to do maybe about a third of it and he'll do two thirds uh so i'm maybe going to do about eight hours of the 24 i think 
That sounds yeah, uh, still be a yeah, still be a good chunk. That's a big chunk of time for yeah. sure. He's trying to convince me to do the overnight hours, which is a bit unfair. But <laughs> I guess you've got to yeah ba- balance the uh, the the le- less time that you're yeah. going to be doing maybe with something. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, for this episode, like we talked about, we're going to do our Q&A stuff. Yeah. Uh, delighted with how many questions we've had in. So if you've been there out there and sent in a question, uh, then thank you very much for sending it in. Uh, we've had quite a few, so we're not going to be able to, I don't think we're going to get through them all um, in the next two episodes. The plan is to do this episode and next to finish up this uh, season two on Q uh, on biking equipment on setting up your bikes. We're going to yeah. do two episodes to finish up this season and answer uh, a good few questions. Probably something like eight or nine. Um, in fact, it's eight or nine people, but there's a few people taking liberties and asking a bunch of questions and uh, <laughs> and one. So, uh, but it's great. So we're going to go through these uh, and uh, save a few of them for the next season as well. So we'll just kind of try and distribute them through the coming episodes too. So when we come back to uh, season three, we'll have, I think we'll try and do questions on every single episode, try and get a bit of listener feedback in there uh, and do a bit of Q&A every single time. So some bulk episodes now, this one and next one, answer a bunch of them and then uh, spread them out over the rest. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. That sounds really, I really like the idea of having some uh, questions in the uh, you know the next season's episode so yeah. that, that should be good yeah a bit more variety we'll try and talk exactly. a bit less and uh, get more people on <laughs> that's it okay right let's start off right so we've got uh this is a an older one actually a, a chap called neil turner who's been in touch a few times actually and he had a few good questions uh he's from um, peoples so local to me uh, not too far away uh, it's quite a, quite a good variety actually it's been quite cool seeing uh where some of the listeners are from so there's uh, a bunch of countries we'll go through over the next uh next couple of episodes and the questions but this is neil from peebles which is uh, one of the top mountain biking destinations in the uk you've got glen tresnor and Leithen, mm. some great trails down there so this is what neil says he says uh any tips so starts out with the question straight away any tips on selecting the right gears of your needs because i'd say i've recently bought a one by ten and i'm struggling with the lower gear when a climb gets too steep i could go for a one by eleven at some stage or get a cassette uh, a 42t converter for the current one to ten setup mm. to give me a better range but i've no idea what this would feel like any tips on how to calculate a ratio then compare that to the gearing ratio on the bike you already have. For example, his old hardtail with three rings. Uh, also, uh, he well, that's going into our next question. So I'll we'll go through this one first, and then I'll go into yeah. his future ones. Um, so basically, it's about that's uh, if, if I'm right in thinking, this is him talking about just going one ring up the front, ten at the back, uh, yeah. and the different options. I've no idea what a forty-two T converter is. Do you know what that is? Uh, I think it's just uh, a little. A, a kind of a little device that just um converts a uh regular i think it's i think it's either converts the cassette or converts an existing um uh, sorry it converts the hub or or an existing cassette by just put putting a an extra kind of ring on there um so an, the the extra kind of uh large cog right there right back. yeah yeah okay cool so you can get an extra one on there exactly yes yeah. so it's it takes you above 
which would yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah cool uh okay so um he says he's struggling with the, the lower gear so mm. basically not getting enough um an easy enough gear when it gets too steep yeah uh have you so have you ever run a single front uh, we talked about this a while back i can't remember what you said now yeah, I, I actually run um, single rings uh, exclusively. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm uh, being a racer and uh, and kind of having a bike set up mainly for that. I uh, I always run a a one by I've got a one by eleven system, cool. which I think does go up to forty two. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is at the back. Um, yeah. There's some monster uh, monster cassettes on the on the market now with the oh. Shram the new Shram Eagle. Which uh, which actually goes up to fifty teeth really? at the uh, at the back, so it's a, a bit like a dinner plate yeah. sort of strapped to your strapped to your rear wheel there. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I I know in the past when I was sort of transitioning um, from more of a a two two and a three ring setup at the front um, with a, a ten speed at the back that I also found it was quite limiting having uh, a single ring at the front with a 10 speed at the back just yeah. because your that kind of sits in the kind of middle of the range um that you'd find on a on a kind of regular three three or two ring mountain bike sure. so you don't have that big gear kind of at the bottom where you can ride on the road and uh, get up to kind of high speeds and still pedal um but then when it gets really really steep you don't have uh, a, a small enough gear i guess uh to to pedal at a nice a nice cadence so yeah, it's definitely yeah. a tricky one um the, there's kind of two ways to approach it i guess you could make the front ring smaller so you if if you've got say a 34 tooth chain ring on the front as use uh, using the single ring you could take that to a 32 or a 30 even which is pretty small but that Mm -hmm. would give you a smaller gear for the kind of for the really for really tough stuff Mm -hmm. um or as um as the listener said you can then up the range at the back so you could you could go for a a bigger cassette maybe a bigger 10 speed block or a an 11 speed system Mm mm-hmm so that that would, I yeah, think yeah, that would cool. be the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You just add an extra one at the back, get the eleven on there, and that makes sort it out. But yeah. he's so he's asking as well about how to calculate the ratio. Like, is there? Uh, I've seen these online before, like gear mm. ratio calculators, so you can try and compare them. Uh, is there an easy way to do it, or is it about getting a calculator out and knowing the formula for comparing? So, say his, uh, he mentions his old hardtail with the three yeah. rings. Yeah. Can you can you figure out exactly what you know front front uh, chain? Blah, what am I talking about? Front uh, teeth versus back teeth to compare that to you know the existing ones. Yeah. Um, I, I would think I, I I would say the best bet is to probably go for a, a kind of online calculation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm not sure if I've ever used one. I might have done uh, a little while ago, but certainly I certainly don't know the formula um, yeah, yeah. formula off the top of my head. So uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe an online tool. An online tool. Yeah. I'm sure. There's I'm a sure few, really. There's a few good ones out there. Yeah, we'll yeah. try and link to. Uh, we'll try and link to one in the show notes to answer this, uh, Neil. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a few good tools online you can look at. You can basically type in what your gearing is. So you'll be able to put in your three rings at the front, your one at the back, uh, the size of it, and find out how to replicate that, you know, that small ring, you know, that lowest gear that you want. Yeah. So I, I guess it's, um, he's saying it's his old hardtail, so he might have got rid of his old hardtail. But I think mm-hmm. a good way to go about it might be like when you're, if you had somebody else's three 
ring hardtail to compare it to get on there find out you know go for a ride or if you've got one yourself go on it and figure out what the ratios are that you want like which rings you're in when you're comfortable on you know the steepest you tend to ride exactly. and then you could find out using the calculator what the ratio is there and then you know yeah that might give you an idea of what you need in the front like like you're saying tom you could lower the size of that front ring um, and you'd know what tooth uh, number you'd need or what mm. diameter you'd need basically wouldn't you Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna suggest as well. If um, if you haven't got any willing friends to uh, to lend a hardtail, then maybe a demo day. At, you know, a yeah. bit at, at one of the local shops um, would be a good chance just to jump on a few different bikes and see what might what might uh, be the be the most convenient way, I guess, to change from what uh, what he's already running to yeah. um, to a, a new system because yeah. it's all right. Uh, switching from a 10 speed to an 11 speed but yeah. to be honest there's there's lots of components that actually need to change with that so you need an 11 speed chain and 11 speed cassette yeah. 11 speed shifter mm-hmm. um and probably probably some other stuff as well so yeah, yeah. so actually the front ring's an easier fix in that case isn't it it is it's yeah. an easier fix for the you know the the easier gears yeah. but then obviously at the at the other end it, it compromises how much kind of uh, how big the gear can go so if yeah. you're doing some you know riding on on the road or some kind of fire roady kind of trail sometimes yeah. you can find that you can spin them out a little bit too easily so yeah. uh yeah. yeah it's about i guess figuring out what sort of riding you do and then yeah. um applying the best fix uh, yeah cause it's, it's always going to be a compromise isn't it you're always mm. i mean you're cutting down to one ring versus three so you're never yeah. going to get the same range so yeah it's just uh what's the best option in there for you like say exactly you do yeah, that's it. I I run personally. I run a thirty four uh four thirty four tooth um, ring at the front, and then a uh, eleven forty two at the back, and um, that that's pretty much fine for me uh, off road. But yeah. then yeah, on the road sometimes you have to just kind of freewheel down some hills. But yeah. to be honest, if you if you're not kind of training all the time and being like me and watching all the numbers it's it's not a problem just yeah. a free wheel a little yeah. bit yeah so uh, that <laughs> exactly. shouldn't, shouldn't be too much of a worry <laughs> yeah cool i think that'll be useful knowing the, the exact setup you use actually might give them a good reference yeah okay cool uh right his second part of the question from neil here uh again taking liberties neil but uh we'll let you off uh unsure if you covered this during the most recent series but an idiot's guide to setting up suspension would be good so actually this isn't someone we'll to cover here because we can't really go through the whole setup yeah. of suspension but actually that's something we mentioned uh in the past i can't remember whether it was on the show or off but i'd love to get some i'd love to get a suspension expert on because i mean suspension is one of those things which is uh, that's the one bit of the bike that actually i don't service myself it's the one mm. bit i've not ventured into taking apart my uh my oil or air or any kind of suspension it's just um yeah it's complex <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you there me too i haven't uh I, i've got actually um I think we have discussed it in the past and I'm going to um, hopefully get um, Matt Clark who runs Plush Suspension who are a sponsor of mine. He of course, services yeah. all of my um, Fox Forks and he's worked for SRAM for a long time as well yeah. in the past. So he's uh, he's the man to, to speak to um, about suspension setup. So I'm definitely going to get Matt um, on the podcast at some point soon brilliant yeah i remember that now actually yeah that'd be cool yeah definitely get that one for uh, early next season because i think that's something a few people have asked about so i think it'd be good to cover cool 
So he finishes up uh, just a suggestion for future episodes. Actually, a, a show on iconic events would be good. Yeah, for example, Crankworks, Mega Avalanche, EWS, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you could always do one and report back. So uh, fancy doing Mega Avalanche, Tom? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> mind doing it. I've, I've had a friend that's done it um, yeah. ages ago, really? and um, I obviously watched a load of the videos yeah. uh, of it as well, and it looks pretty insane. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Mental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would so, love to try it as well, actually, but I suspect I'd be uh, way at the back of the field on that one. I'm not a full-on yeah. downhiller. No, um, me neither. Um, it would definitely just be about getting down to the finish, yeah, uh, yeah. as opposed to a result. Yeah, could definitely cover more of that. It'd be good to do a, a, a few episodes though on different types of events. So, I mean, mm. Crankworks and Mega Avalanche are more downhilly events, but then you've got um, pretty big uh, cross-country events like enduros, uh, yeah, free ride, all that kind of stuff. So um, I could definitely report on quite a lot of the more endurance stuff around Scotland. I'm sure you could as well around the, uh, Europe as well. Um, so yeah, we should think about that. We'll add that in. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Cool. All right. Thanks, Neil. I hope that helped you with the the gearing problems. Definitely, if you uh, if you do anything around that, if you find a solution yourself, if it's uh, complete nonsense what we were talking about and you figured out a better solution yourself, uh, yourself then report back and uh, be good to get you on the show as well, actually. If you send us a voice uh, comment or even we could call you in on Skype or something like that. So get in touch again and let me know what you think. Be good to hear your feedback. So next one, let's go on to Nolan Taylor. So we've got Nolan Taylor from Montana in the, the US and he had a couple of different uh, things to ask about. So first things first, um, now he asked about, uh, now this is something we covered a little bit, but he asked a minimum bike repair kit for a couple of our crews on the trail as well, the trail as, well as uh, for an overnight backpacking trip. I think we covered this pretty well actually on the uh the bike bag what's in your bag episode yeah didn't we? we did we yeah, yeah we talked quite a lot about um tools i guess that yeah. would go in there so yeah, yeah. quick That's summary nice. though wasn't it it's basically you've got your multi-tool you've got your pump you've got your spare tube uh repair kit in terms of you'll take away your repair kit for your tubes as well in case you mm. run out of uh spare tubes and that's the kind of couple of hour crews, isn't it? I don't really take anything more than that. Maybe, uh, oh, we talked about like a power link. So maybe a wee power link just in yeah. case your your yeah. chain snaps or something like that. Um, and the possibility of having a chain tool uh, on your multi-tool. And the fact that I sometimes take out a, a big chain tool just because it's not that big. Uh, yeah. It doesn't weigh yeah. very much, just in case. And it actually works. Yeah, exactly. Um and what was it? What were the extras we talked about for the bike pack? So overnight, a couple of extras we would throw in. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned Colin that you had in a group um, of guys had actually a spare rear mech yeah, and yeah, um, a few it. little kind of components just in case you know they, they, those got kind of snapped off. Yeah, um, yeah. certainly a, a, a mech hanger is a good yeah, one. Yeah, definitely it's because that's the thing that's designed to uh, to go in any in the. Uh, in case of you know something snagging the rear mech, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, definitely, just exactly what you mentioned before is going to be good as well for a for a longer ride. And then I've heard of people just taking kind of adjustable wrenches, yeah, um, and stuff like that, just because they can they can get you out of quite a few different uh, situations, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if mishaps uh, occur, yeah, or or a Leatherman, just like a, a Leatherman that's got. A, good few little tools Something on it that you can just, yeah exactly you just i mean sometimes all you need is a set of pliers to pull through a cable exactly. or something like that and that saves you doesn't it yeah we um, mentioned i think as well um 
perhaps some sort of duct tape or oh, yeah, zip yeah. ties and things for just attaching, you know, yeah. if a brake lever snaps off and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Perfect. Yeah, cool. Okay, so yeah, we won't go into that too much because that we covered it pretty well, I think. Uh, so go back to the uh, What's in Your Bag episode, which is just a few weeks back. Um, you'll find that there. So going on to uh, his other questions, Nolan also asked, he asked a question about technique, which is something I think we need to do a whole episode on. We can't really do uh, justice to this, I think, in a quick Q&A. So he just asked about technique for a newbie, mostly climbing and maintaining speed on a transition from downhill to uphill. Yeah. Um, Maybe actually, I mean, climbing, probably got a few tips on, you know, technique for climbing. I mean, what do you think? A steep, steep hill, uh, going from sort of average steep up to very steep. What are you, mm. what are you thinking as you're just trying to gain traction, keep power as you're going up there? Yeah, I think it in terms of gaining uh, or maintaining traction, it's definitely um, comes down to having your weight in the right place, but then also having a smooth kind of smooth cadence and smooth pedal stroke where you're just trying to make it as circular as possible because it's it's in those it's when the pedal stroke gets quite choppy and there's a, it's some what they call dead spots in the in the pedal revolution that can uh, cause the rear tire to lose grip. So I, I think shifting shifting the weight forward so the front wheel isn't kind of lifting up, especially when it you know when it gets really steep, um, but also maintaining weight on the rear wheel. So uh, the the kind of key advice is just to put the nose of the saddle or sort of perch right on the nose of the saddle um just so you're keeping that weight back but also your upper body's quite over the over the handlebars and then just maintaining a, a fairly high cadence but some but one that's smooth as well so yeah. it, the wheel's not kind of skidding all over the place yeah yeah yes the the place where a lot of people fall down is that as soon as it gets steep you stand up don't you and then you're sort of mashing down on the pedals yeah on the downstroke and that's about it and that's yeah like you say that's when you know the back wheel just spins out because you're putting a whole lot of pressure just on that one quarter of the pedal that's stroke it. yeah um and it's something i'm really prone to as well i know it's something i've worked on a lot um is exactly what you said there about you know you think that you need to go over the front of the bike because you're going to tip backwards on a steep hill but as soon as you do that then yeah there's no weight on the back wheel and therefore you totally lose traction too so it's about yeah trying to stay in the middle it's it's one of those balancing acts isn't it It just try to keep um stop yourself toppling over but try and stay as back as you can (laughs) yeah basically that um and just and sometimes you do have to kind of shift that weight a little bit almost as if you were doing a kind of uh you know wheelie or or anything like that where you just you have to kind of um sometimes you have to shift your weight a little bit uh you know forward just to pick the wheel up over something or to stop the uh, the front when it goes over you know a little pitch up but also then sometimes shift backwards as well so sometimes you are rocking a little bit sort of back and forth but Generally speaking, exactly. So it's all about balancing that that weight on the rear wheel versus weight over the handlebars. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and try not to throw up when it gets too steep. And try, yeah, and try not to uh, <laughs> die on the on there's the way up. A, there's a there's a hill at uh, Glentress. Have you been around the Black Run at Glentress? I have, yeah, quite a few times few actually. Times but it's been a few years, so uh, yeah. I'm not. I, I've, it's not fresh in my mind, but. There's the one, you'll maybe know it because it's just, it's infamous. It's, you're going around the Black Run and it's where you turn off. Uh, so anybody listening, 
basically Glentress, you climb the first, you climb a good bit of, of um, fire road yeah. and then it splits off red and black. And if you take the black route, you're straight on to, as soon as you go onto the black's only route, you're on to a really nice little sort of flowy climb through the forest. Uh, quite rocky, quite rough, but uh, really good fun because it's not that steep. And so you kind of go through and you're having fun and you're going quite fast. And then you spin around a corner at one point and you're just like thrown onto this straight up like there's no fanning about it's basically just <laughs> right we're not going to try and you know find our way through the forest here we're just cutting a, a swathe through the trees and we're going to go straight up this 40 50 degree slope it's ridiculous and it's just horrible and it's long as well yeah <laughs> and it's it's one of those hills that's on the verge of being nearly like certainly in the early days like when i was first sitting into riding it was a slope one of those slopes that actually you can't do you don't have the power in the legs the first place mm-hmm. and then even once you get the power in the legs it's it's that steep that you need a lot of technique it's just like you're saying there that balance that really tricky balance between uh keeping traction but not falling backwards and it's yeah. you would just always spin out yeah. uh, and it's it's good actually it's a challenge so you've got this little game where you're trying not to spin out and trying to keep going and there's like three or four you can up it but at the top of that it's just like when I'm up there with three or four pals we just like all of us just topple off our bikes and just lie there chest heaving it's horrible do you, do you know the one I mean or I think I do yeah, yeah. I, I seem to remember I seem to remember a few a few tough climbs there but I, I'm pretty sure um that one was quite a surprise on the first yeah. first go round. yeah it's generally memorable just for the fact that most mountain bike trails have horrible climbs but most of them are like a standard mountain bike trail where it's kind of finding a way, you know, following the contours. And yeah. that's kind of the way mountain bike trails usually go. You're finding your way through the way that you would normally walk up. But this just, it's just like, yeah, we're not messing about. We're going straight up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'll need that technique there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, t- uh, good question, Nolan. We'll go through it. I think we're going to have to do a few episodes next season on technique because that's something we've not done so far. It's not definitely. even something I did a lot on in... Um, previous season before you joined in top as well so definitely need to go through a, a few technique episodes and try and cover some of that stuff can be kind of tricky uh, in the audio form but actually i mean just talking it through there it's still definitely something that can be done quite well i think so we'll give it a go and see how it can help absolutely yeah i can maybe put some uh to get some photos out on the trail and put yeah, them in yeah. the show notes as well i for sure a yeah. Bit of visual aid yeah. yeah definitely start get your gopro out and start filming yourself definitely oh, do that definitely yeah <laughs> Um, so he finishes off. This is uh, quite a specific little one, but I think maybe worth having a look at. Um, so I'd had a great ride this morning, but it was cold. Uh, minus nine Fahrenheit to minus 22 centigrade. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> we're in, uh, yeah. we're centigrade here. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, wait a minute. It was cold. Nine, oh, minus nine Fahrenheit or 22 centigrade. What? That is Baltic. Uh, minus 22 centigrade, he says. Um, so very, I know I know some bits, yeah I know some places in the US get proper cold so maybe that maybe it means that uh, Montana's quite north as well isn't it right in the mountains so mm. maybe that's true that is a brave man going out cycling at a minus twenty two weather but anyway uh, start to notice his brand new fat bike uh, some issues with the drive line almost looked like uh, his free wheel was going out as his chain would bunch up and when he would stop pedaling. Uh, 
or pedal backwards at all, the chain would basically bunch up. Uh, the bike yeah. has less than 100 miles on it, so he's thinking it's something to do with frozen components. Uh, so um, maybe we can go into that, but his request is he'd love to hear take on lube. Uh, what to look for in a lube for dry winter riding, slushy winter riding, spring raid mud, summer dust, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, what lube you should be using and when. Um, do you know, this is something I don't really know much about at all. I've I've always just bought any old lube, stuck it on. We don't really have to worry about minus 22 <laughs> degrees no, no. centigrade. Um, but uh, we do have a lot of mud, a lot of um, horrible conditions. So uh, what are you, do you, is it something you've looked into a lot? You got any um, tips on using lube in general? Uh, I would say... In generally, generally speaking, I'm uh, in the same kind of camp as you, Colin. In terms of, I just, I just kind of get a, a multi-use uh, lube and just whack that on. But um, I have, I have used dry and wet lubes, kind of in in their respective uh, riding conditions. And uh, usually, for for a dry lube, you kind of want something that's not going to pick up loads of dust and 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 uh, yeah, just dusty kind of trail. Um, onto the chain so uh, i think wax lubes are generally um wax based lubricants are usually used in the in the drier weather um and that sort of those sort of dusty conditions and then your your wet lube is just something that um is fairly i mean that some of the wet lube that i've used you get there's definitely a difference in terms of uh in terms of quality um sometimes they just make the chain black and really really sticky and horrible um and then there's others that are quite a nice sort of light lube um i think some of the wd40 have actually come out with um some specific bike lubricants other than their sort of general spray and uh i think they're they're quite good for some um for some of the wet weather kind of stuff so it sounds to me like i i imagine intuitively that a wax would be good in the cold because um it's got to be, I mean, liquid, even oil is going to have a freezing point or something. So if you start mm-hmm. at minus 22, I have no idea what the freezing point of uh, some of the lubes are. But a lot of them are not oil or anything. A lot of them are pretty heavily water-based, aren't they? Yeah. So a wax one could be quite good for not freezing in the really um, harsh cold. And he's talking about dry winter riding as well. So that could be useful. Yeah. Maybe this is someone we need to get another uh, another expert on then. Maybe a bike maintenance guy about somebody that knows a lot about how to prep your bike before you go out in terms of lubing cables, uh, yeah. chains, all that kind of stuff. I bet you we could find somebody good for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think yeah. it'd teach, uh, teach both of us a thing or two as well yeah. <laughs> about yeah. uh, maintenance and, and lubricants yeah, more yeah. specifically. In terms of that, you sounded like you made a noise as if you might know what's going on with the whole chain bunching up caper. Was that some, was it something that occurred to you or was it... I, uh, I just thought back to a race that I did in Croatia, I think in 2014, and my uh, chain was doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. um, and just bunching up when I was when I was freewheeling. Yeah. And um, I remember that being down to a broken pole in the in the rear hub. Mm-hmm. It just it, I, I'm not entirely sure how how you know mechanically that all happens, but um, that was definitely the symptom was yeah. the uh was the the chain bunching up even when i was freewheeling so um uh, maybe the the kind of grease inside the in the inside the actual hub has um has frozen i'm like you said minus 22 i guess a lot yeah. of things are are going to be freezing up pretty pretty solid yeah. um yeah. so maybe it's something to do with the actual kind of free hub body um within the rear hub yeah yeah would be my sort of uh 
uneducated guess. Yeah, yeah. I suspect at that temperature, just about anything you put on the chain is going to bunch up, uh, make it bunch up too. Because I mean, that's it's a pretty common one in Scotland when you're riding through horrible granity mud and wetness and stuff. The chain just gets totally clogged. Yeah. And so it doesn't flex the way it's meant to. Like it doesn't bend the way it's meant to, and that makes it all bunch up horribly when you're try to pedal backwards or even just freewheeling so mm. yeah i suspect that even a, a dead clean chain with just a tiny bit of any kind of lube on it is going to do that in horrible temperatures so yeah difficult yeah. one maybe we need to get somebody on about that i think but it sounds to me like wax could be a good uh, a good try at least that we experiment with using wax rather than any kind of liquid one mm. yeah that would be uh intuitively that would kind of make sense but uh yeah. it'd be interesting to hear how it plays out in practice yeah cool well we're gonna in the winter now aren't well not really august a couple of months yet but uh, probably be a few months before you're into those temperatures again nolan but if you uh if you do try out any of those things if you find a solution yourself then uh, as always get back to us let us know how it went we'll feedback on the show um and again yeah if you want to get your voice on that'd be great send in a, a voice recording but yeah get in touch either way Hope that helped anyway. Right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, so I also heard from uh, Tatsu Kariyami, who's from Southern California. So probably not uh, the same worries about temperature where Tatsu's <laughs> from. Uh, much nicer, sunny riding down there. And he is saying, so he says, I recently purchased a giant Talon at 27 and a half inch to replace his well-used five-year-old specialized hard rock sport. And the two months of ownership uh, is yet to take his bike on any serious trails, but he's logged about 400 miles on Strava just riding the local trails around Southern California. Uh, and actually, this is more a comment. It was to answer, his, answer our question on his thoughts about the wheel size. So he says... Uh, I am 5 foot 9 inches and I weigh 140 pounds, coming from a 26 inch Specialized with a small frame. Uh, The 29 inch bikes that he tried, um, for example, felt giant Cannondale. They felt too different from what I was used to. I'm sure I would have been eventually, uh, I'm sure I would have eventually fallen in love with the 29 inch Mm. wheel size. But my current giant Talon, which is 27 and a half inch with a medium frame, seemed like a logical jump for for me. I am enjoying the 650B wheel diameter and handling and riding characteristics are similar to what I was used to prior. Uh, So yeah, that's more uh, just a comment on uh, our episode about wheel sizes. So it's good to get the feedback there. Um, so he's basically saying, yeah, the the, the compromise uh, between 26 and 29 suits him quite well. Um, pretty yeah. average height and uh, weight there as well. So maybe that's uh, a good uh, uh, feedback on that. Yeah, I guess it's, um, I guess it's, again, it does come down to what you're used to, definitely. And um, the jump from 26 to 27 and a half is definitely... Um, very uh linear and it's yeah. uh, a, a lot a lot less of a shock than uh, than to a 29er <laughs> yeah especially yeah. for someone uh you know slightly on the on the lower side um height wise um, yeah. that's typically why i use i use 27.5 as well yeah. and um i'm about 57 so um yeah it's uh, it's a good good all round, definitely a good all round wheel size for, yeah. for general trail riding. For yeah, sure. I think from what I've heard as well, like the big uh, we talked about this again um, on the the wheel size episode, but it's the the weight difference as well. Like jumping from a twenty six inch to a twenty nine inch, there's a lot more a lot more weight going into that. Mm. I mean, I mean, we're talking grams rather than kilograms, I suppose. But <laughs> sure. like you're adding to the frame size, you're adding to the wheel size, the rim, the tire size, all of that stuff. It's not insignificant. So. 
Yeah, I think it's it could be quite a, a shock to people that are quite, you know, quite practiced. You know, your local trail, you've spun around it hundreds of times. Um, to suddenly jump up that much in weight might be quite a big, uh, <laughs> quite a big difference. Yeah, it's uh, it's rotating weight as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. it's um, it has uh, it's kind of weighted. Excuse the pun a little bit more um, <laughs> that, that way, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for the feedback, uh, Tatsu. That's really good. Uh, if you have any questions for future episodes, as always, get in touch. And uh, again, I keep trying to encourage people to get their voices on here. I'd love to get some more clips on. Uh, Tatsu, if you do have any more feedback like that, I'd love to get your uh, your voice on. So yeah, send us a voice comment next time around. That'd be excellent. Again, all you have to do is pull out your smartphone, get the voice recorder app and record something there. And you can email, to, uh, email it to me at colin at mountainbikespark.com. So last one for this episode, uh, let's go on to Orm. So Orm Arnerson, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Orn Arn, Orm Arnerson, it's a bit of a tongue twister, sorry Orm. Uh, Orm Arnerson says, Hi Colin, I'm the kind of guy who probably carries too much stuff with him on most rides. Uh, I hate to be the guy who's responsible for spoiling rides for all the group uh, and most of the time my buddies are idiots who don't keep their bike in good shape in the first place <laughs> and keep having technical problems and of course they don't have anything of use in their backpack uh, so uh, I think Orm's having some trouble with his bike and buddies there uh, all you things so this is feedback on the uh, in your bag episode yeah. he says all the things you mentioned you'd find in my bag uh, but what you're missing is a first aid kit can be a real lifesaver pardon the pun of course <laughs> uh, he also carries with him a couple of nuts and bolts in case something gets loose and in longer tours a leatherman in addition to the multi-tool so uh, just echoing what we said a minute ago um, so that's a great point on the first aid kit actually uh, what are your thoughts on that Tom have you taken out uh, any first aid stuff on rides in the past has it made a difference uh, I can't say I have but I'm definitely behind that suggestion um, <laughs> it definitely makes sense for a, for a longer ride or something that's going to be um, particularly um, technical or particularly kind of uh, challenging yeah. in terms of uh, I get even even physically but also kind of technically as well um, I could have perhaps done with carrying one on the uh, Costa Blanca bike race which I did in January this sure. year um, which was a four-day stage race um, and some of the trails there were incredibly technical and uh, that was the, you know the first time that I was kind of coming across them was actually in the race with however many guys kind of, you know, uh, bearing down on you behind. Yeah. So uh, a first aid kit would definitely, uh, that that's going on the list, I think, for yeah. uh, for, for longer and more technical rides in the future. <laughs> I think uh, doing a mega avalanche, probably a first aid kit might be Yeah, for necessary. sure. Yeah, do you um, carry one uh, with you, Colin? I, for normal rides, no, have to admit, not at all. Um, I'm thinking back to my injury experiences in the past. Like I, from... What I can so, I suppose my thoughts on first aid kits are that there's two ways you can get injured, isn't there? There's like standard, you come off your bike, you're okay generally, but you've got some cuts and scrapes, mm. um, and it probably is a good idea to get a wee uh, alcohol wipe out or something and put a wee dressing on or a plaster or something, because um, I mean. We don't tend to worry about stuff like infection or that kind of thing these days, do we? Because you can just pop to doctor and get antibiotics. But <laughs> yeah. save you a lot of bother if uh, 
if it's something dirty and you can just get out a wee wipe and uh, clean it off. Yeah, so I think probably, I think the sooner you, sooner you can get something on there, the better, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of my uh, good riding buddies is a nurse, actually. So he uh, he does carry first aid stuff on him, actually, just because he's, <laughs> I guess, just in his makeup that he has to <laughs> has yeah. to have that kind of thing, just in case, like, as a, as a medical practitioner, if he was out on a ride and somebody got injured and he didn't have something, he'd be like, ah, mortified. Um, so he does carry some stuff. Um, he, I think he takes an, a, a sort of basic first aid kit you've got, you know, you've got the sort of plasters, alcohol wipes, uh, a few dressings for bigger things. Yeah. So if you get yeah. cut or things like that. Um, but so, yeah, what I was thinking was there's two ways. You can either have that kind of thing and you can ride on. You're fine, really, but it might be useful. It might help you if you can dress it. The other is the worst case, as in something pretty bad happens, as in you might break something, mm-hmm. um, you're knocked out, you know, something like it's something a bit serious and you can't continue. And you might not even be able to get down the hill. So like um, the worst I've had is I broke a leg. So I broke my femur once. That wasn't on the trail. Uh, I was just uh, on the side of a road and I was lucky it was a really busy road. So somebody found me, found me pretty quick. Mm. But in that kind of instance, and this is something we took on our uh, four day ride, which I think I've mentioned in the past. That was the one where we took the the derailer with us yeah. on that trail on that ride one of the things that we took and i think would be good for anyone to take on a longer ride even an overnighter is a an emergency bag so like a bivy bag type of thing um because if i'd basically if you you know you break an arm or a leg or something and it's something you just can't you can't go anywhere mm. having like a foil blanket or something to pull over yourself especially i mean <laughs> talking about uh was it Nolan there talking about minus 22 temperatures? I mean, we don't have that here, but like in Scotland, it can get pretty cold overnight. So you're stuck out in a hill overnight. Uh, you want to have something with you to keep you warm. Um, so that's something that I would say uh, on top of a first aid bag. If I was doing mm-hmm. a long ride, that's something I have taken a few times in the past. Um, I've got a foil blanket that I can just unwrap, weighs next to nothing to put in the bag. And I've got a, um, a bivy bag type of thing as well. So that's a bigger plastic. So it's proper, keeps you warm and waterproof. Um, and if you have clothes on inside that thing, you're actually, you're pretty good overnight. Okay. Even, yeah. even sort of, not like bad minus temperatures, but uh, certainly like minus five or whatever you'd be, you wouldn't be too bad. So yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Good tip there from, uh, from Orm, I think. Absolutely. Okay, uh, the Leatherman as well, backing up our, uh, our idea there. So exactly. cool. <laughs> okay, well, I hope that was useful to everyone. I hope that was useful to you, Orm. Again, uh, any other feedback you have on that, get back to us again, give us some feedback. Um, anyone else listening, if you're out there, you've had some... Um, uh, some answers from this or if it spurred a few more questions in you uh, by all means get in touch let us know uh, you can get in touch uh, by emailing me uh, colin at mountainbikesapart.com or you can tweet us uh, I'm on Colin MC Gray and Tom is uh, by Tom Bell cool and that's about it for this week so like I said we're going to do another Q&A next week to tie up a, another set of questions and then that'll finish up the season so we're nearly finished have you enjoyed Indeed. it Tom? Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been great. Just we've covered a lot of ground, yeah. and uh, we've already got some kind of exciting ideas for for the next season as well. Yeah, so it'd definitely. be good to be good to plan that one. Indeed, cool. Yeah, I know we've had some really good feedback. We're really pleased with uh, what people have been saying about the season. I think it's worked well, concentrating on one thing, going through uh, you know going through the whole bike back to front, basically. Right. Well, let's finish it up there. 
thanks again for listening thanks for giving us your time staying with us for this 40 odd minute podcast always goes longer than we expect it does. I hope it was useful I hope it was worthwhile and uh, we'll catch you on the next one talk to you then 